Good morning, everyone. This is Father Nate, missionary priest in Italy. Today is April 28th of 2023, and we're celebrating Friday of the third week of Easter. It's also the optional memorial of St. Peter Shannel, priest and martyr. He was a Marist father who died in the island of Futuna, in the collection of Wallis and Futuna, which are found in the Pacific Ocean. It's also the optional memorial of St. Louis-Marie de Montfort, author of the book True Devotion to the Blessed Virgin Mary. So we have two great saints that you can celebrate today, or if that's not your cup of tea, you can just celebrate Friday of the third week of Easter, which is also okay. Today's gospel comes to us from the gospel according to John, chapter 6, verses 51 through 59. The Jews quarreled among themselves, saying, How can this man give us his flesh to eat? Jesus said to them, Amen, amen, I say to you, unless you eat the flesh of the Son of Man and drink his blood, you do not have life within you. Whoever eats my flesh and drinks my blood has eternal life, and I will raise him on the last day. For my flesh is true food, and my blood is true drink. Whoever eats my flesh and drinks my blood remains in me and I in him. Just as the living Father sent me, and I have life because of the Father, so also the one who feeds on me will have life because of me. This is the bread that came down from heaven. Unlike your ancestors who ate and still died, whoever eats this bread will live forever. These things he said while teaching in the synagogue at Capernaum. In today's Gospel, Jesus insists that his flesh is true food, and his blood is to drink. In fact, three times Christ uses the phrase, eat my flesh and drink my blood. Part of the reason why the Jews are so astounded is because the Greek word Jesus uses for eat, trogo, literally means a, a very physical eating, to gnaw or to munch or to crunch. Although the Jews understand that eating usual food gives physical life, they fail to see how eating Christ's flesh and drinking his blood would give them that supernatural life of which Jesus speaks. Now, the same might be said of us. We might not see God's power revealed in the Eucharist, but that's part of the point. Having God's power be hidden under the appearances of bread and wine has at least three advantages for us. First, it makes us grow in faith, since we only have the words of our Savior to believe in. This is the heart of faith, the essence of faith, to believe even though we can't see, but to believe simply because our Lord has revealed this truth to us. Secondly, because Christ is concealed in the Eucharist, it makes us grow in humility. Since when we think about how Jesus comes down from heaven to be with us under the simple appearance of bread, how can we not be moved to be humble? Thirdly, God's presence in the Eucharist is an act of mercy. As St. Teresa of Jesus wrote, How would I, a poor sinner, who have so often offended you, dare to approach you, O Lord, if I beheld you in all your majesty? Under the appearances of bread, however, it is easy to approach you. For if a king disguises himself, it seems as though we do not have to talk to him with so much circumspection and ceremony. If you were not hidden, O Lord, who would dare to approach you with coldness, so unworthily, and with so many imperfections?
Sometimes, though, Jesus allows us to see clearly how the Eucharist is true food and drink, how it surpasses all earthly food. For instance, Blessed Alexandrina Maria da Costa, a Portuguese woman who died in 1955, lived for more than 30 years on the Eucharist alone, neither eating nor drinking anything else. Indeed, the doctors were so astounded that they ordered her to be practically imprisoned in a hospital for 40 days so that they could see if she ever ate anything. In the end, doctors could find no scientific explanation for her fast. And even the unbelieving doctor was forced to admit this was a miracle. In prayer, Jesus told Alexandrina, You are living by the Eucharist alone, because I want to prove to the world the power of the Eucharist and the power of my life in souls. You are living by the Eucharist alone, because I want to prove to the world the power of the Eucharist and the power of my life in souls. Of course, this sort of miracle isn't a commonplace occurrence, but it does make us ask ourselves some questions. How strongly do we believe in Jesus' presence in the Eucharist? Do we really believe that he's there, hidden under the veils of bread and wine? Do we take time to be with him there in prayer? Do we believe in Jesus' words, in the power of the Eucharist and the power of Jesus' life and souls? Today, through the intercession of Mary, mother of the Eucharist, let's ask for the grace to come to love the Eucharist and to see more clearly Christ's love for us as revealed in it.